What up, everybody? I hope you're doing great today. Well, I've got some more midweek manna for you. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, As I follow Christ, so follow me. Now, of course, that can be taken to an out-of-balance place, right? We're really supposed to be following Christ, not Paul, in the strictest sense. But the idea is, as a spiritual leader, if you would just mimic what I do, Paul is saying, my patterns, my behaviors, and my thinking, you will find yourself becoming more like Christ. I really believe all Christian leaders need to strive for that kind of life. I mean, you know this, we all stumble in many ways, but even so... We want our lives, not just our words, to be a blueprint for what it means to be growing more like Christ. It's hard to claim to be a Christian leader when there are areas of life that are just really not consistent very much with the personality of Jesus. That could be with anger. That could be with selfishness. But another area it affects us is our generous heart. Let me say it a different way. It's hard to claim to be a Christian leader when we're not leading in generosity because if someone were to mimic our lack of generosity they would not be growing in Christ likeness here's the problem our heart naturally tightens up part of my life is going to the gym and working out now when you work out you want to avoid kind of leveling off to the place where you never really lift anymore you just kind of found your your stride but really you're no longer growing you're just going through the motions you're not bringing any more additional tension to your muscles and so they actually don't take any more ground similarly we can get to a place where we're avoiding generosity or we're going through the motions this is why we have to challenge ourselves to stay aggressive to keep moving forward otherwise we're really just going to backslide in the heart set now listen this is the heart set not just the action the heart set of generosity here's what we know we won't naturally trend toward generosity we'll trend toward being less generous now i know that during covid times you know some people are whether they're on furlough or they've lost their job Obviously, for sure, in those cases, God is going to challenge us to do something else. Maybe we need to slim down financially and find other ways to be generous and give something else. But we need to have something that is challenging our generosity level. See, this is the problem when we're not really generous. When we're like, well, you know, I'm doing what I've done for seven years now. And that's great. And I'm glad you're obeying in that capacity. But if we don't have regular places where we're saying, I'm challenging myself to be in a position where I really have to believe God. That does something to our spiritual walk. So here comes some midweek manna. I hope you've got a few minutes to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. If people gave like you, would their blessing increase? Spiritual leaders model and encourage disciplined generosity. In a 2017 study, the Barna Group found notable differences in what they termed Christians who are givers and keepers. Barna found that, quote, givers are motivated by other focused goals to provide for their family, to give charitably, to serve God with their money, or to leave a legacy for others. 50% of Christians are givers. Keepers, continuing with the quote, are motivated by self-focused goals to support the lifestyle they want, to be content, to be debt-free, or to earn enough to show how hard they work. 35% of Christians are keepers. We are all tempted to be keepers instead of givers. Part of the problem is that we let ourselves off the hook too easily. 
Consider Jesus' response to the woman who gave all she had. In Luke 21, verse 1 through 4, it says, Jesus looked around and saw rich people dropping gifts in the temple treasury, and he also saw a very poor widow dropping in two little copper coins. He said, I'll tell you that this poor widow put in more than all the others. For the others offered their gifts from what they had to spare of their riches, but she, poor as she is, gave all that she had to live on. While some of us may be tempted to avert our eyes, Jesus literally stood there and evaluated how much people were putting into the temple treasury. He was neither embarrassed or apologetic about it. Jesus watched as the woman gave away her last penny. He didn't think to himself, man, maybe I shouldn't just stand here and let her do this. After all, it is all she has to live on. He didn't say, can I really expect that much from this woman? Maybe I'll step in and tell her God sees her heart. Instead, he rejoiced at her sacrifice and even remarked out loud about it. The one who watches over the widow didn't restrain her sacrifice. Jesus could see that her reward would far outweigh her offering. He truly believed she was accessing the higher blessing by approving of her sacrifice. Years later, Jesus' half-brother James would pen these words in James chapter 2, verse 18. Show me how anyone can have faith without actions. I will show you my faith by my actions. To Jesus, the woman's sacrifice was love. Her sacrifice was right, and her sacrifice identified her as truly God's own. Sacrifice has always been a sign of being in the covenant community. Abraham sacrificed his life that he would have had in his father's land. David told Aruna that he refused to offer the Lord worship that cost him nothing. 2 Samuel 24, 24. Esther knew she could be sacrificing her very life for approaching the king of Persia in Esther chapter 5, verse 1. From the nation of Israel's very beginning, genuine sacrifice as a gift to God was part of what identified one as part of God's people. See Leviticus 1 through 9. The lesson for us, if you're really in fellowship with Jesus, it should show up in an increasingly generous nature. Two questions to ask ourselves about generosity. Number one, am I being disciplined with generosity? A common feature of the givers category of the Barna study is that they were relentlessly disciplined about sacrificing their money, not just time or talent. Being generous from time to time is different than asking what we can go without in Jesus' name. Just as physical exercise will create a very different result in an occasional visitor than a consistent regular of the gym, so occasional sacrifice will produce very different results than deliberate and willful generosity. Is your generosity ad hoc? Or intentional. Number two, if the people in my sphere of influence mimic my personal generosity level, would their prosperity on their life increase? We tend to do what we see our leaders do no matter what they say. As a leader, you want godly character to rub off on those around you. Are you modeling generosity for those who are watching? The leadership lesson, spiritual leaders model and encourage disciplined generosity. Let's pray. Lord, I don't want to be a maybe giver. I want to be advancing in all aspects of your character, including sacrifice and surrender of the money my heart would cling to. Teach me to believe that the path to the most abundant life is the one that embraces intentional and disciplined sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you would like to support the Bible Leadership Podcast, don't forget to like and share this message. Also, can I encourage you to support your local church financially if that is not something that you're doing or doing consistently right now? Now more than ever, 
Churches need not only financial support, but the morale boost that comes from consistent, God-fearing, faithful givers. I know many out there don't go to my church. I want to encourage you, wherever you do go to church, go ahead and make sure that you're consistent there. Well, hey, everybody, lead strong today. We'll talk to you next time.